right, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number two. So what got me into running long distances in the first place? Well, back in kind of the early 2000s, my younger brother, Sean, challenged me to run a half marathon. And honestly, it was so long ago that I don't really remember all of the details, like why he was doing it and why I got the invite and not our other brother, Brian. But I did it because, well, I can't turn down a challenge. It was the Boston Athletic Association Half Marathon, and it was a really cool race course. I don't know if any of you guys have done it, but back then it went in and around and through the city. And it took me past like actually a lot of landmarks that I hadn't seen before. And at the time I lived in Boston. So it was kind of a cool event. Um, I do remember that my, our other brother, Brian was there and he actually watched my new puppy for me while we ran. And it was like a warm and sunny day and so many people. Now I'd been doing events for work for years, so I wasn't like worried or anything about the crowds, but I was just shocked at how many people were there to actually run this event. So like I said, it was a long time ago and I don't remember all the details, but I'll tell you a couple things, two things specifically. It was simultaneously the best and the hardest thing that I had done to date. And my brother beat me. (laughs) I don't remember what my time was. I think like maybe under two hours. For some reason, the number 137 is like sticking out in my head. It was a long time ago. But back then I was really focused on going fast. So that time kind of sounds about right. And that one race sparked my love affair with long distance running. I just remember thinking that it was a tough distance, but not totally impossible. Actually, have you ever done like a long run in preparation for a big race, gotten to the end of that run and thought to yourself, could I turn around and run back that same amount, like essentially doubling your mileage? I did that at the end of that half marathon. And while it was like a daunting thought, it didn't scare me as much as I thought it would. And that's when I just started to let the idea of running a full marathon kind of roll around in my head. I didn't tell anyone in my family or immediate circle of friends, though, mostly because, well, no one else I knew ran long distances. And when they heard that Sean and I had done a half, there were a lot of mixed reactions. Some people were like, whoa, really? That's awesome. And others were like, why in the hell would you ever want to run that far if you weren't being chased? Have you ever gotten that one? It's quite possibly the least funny and the most annoying response I've ever heard. Second only to, I don't even drive that far, or you couldn't pay me enough, or not for all the pizza, beer, bacon, etc. in the world. So yeah, those are some of my least favorite responses when someone steps out and says they're doing this awesome, amazing thing of running really far. 
So not long after that half, I began to search around online for a marathon that kind of fit in my timeline. And ultimately, I found a race in Arizona that was part of the rock and roll marathon series. I'm sure you've probably heard about these where every mile along the course, there's a musical act or just some sort of entertainment. Thinking back, I remember dancers and drummers and circus performers, like all sorts of things. I figured that if I was going to run that far, that I might as well be entertained along the way. And it just so happened that there was one of these races coming up and it was on my actual birthday. And not just any birthday, but my 30th birthday. And I took this as a sign, a sign that I had to do this race. Without even thinking about it, I signed up and then I got a little panicky. (laughs) Like, what the fuck did I just do? (laughs) That lasted for, I don't know, maybe like 10 minutes. And then I got to work figuring it out. I knew that this was going to be really kind of beyond my capabilities. So I hired a coach to help me put together a training plan. I had managed to train myself for the half marathon, but I thought perhaps I should enlist some professional help for a full. I followed the plan my coach gave me for like about a month. um, But not long after that, it became really clear that plan was no bueno. He had me running like five or six days a week. And that was beginning to aggravate my sciatic nerve. Again, training runs were becoming increasingly painful and I was having to watch huge chunks of each one. I brought this up with my coach and he didn't really seem to have too many answers for me beyond the usual rest, ice, stretch, etc. I did the best that I could with that super helpful advice. And then about a month later, I fired him. (laughs) I figured I'd trained myself for the half. I still had the plan he'd written me for the full. And I could always go online or to the bookstore to search out any other resources if necessary. I used the plan that he gave me for structure, but I based my runs on how I felt. And the goal was to just get across the finish line and not destroy my hip. At the time of all of this, I was living in the North End in Boston, and I have a really vivid memory of being out for a long run and getting about like nine miles away from my apartment when my sciatic pain kicked into high gear. There were lots of other people out that day walking and running, and the last thing that I wanted to do was be the runner that was walking. Yeah, back then I was far more worried about what other people thought of me and my running than I am now. So there I was out there next to the Charles, freezing my butt off, reduced to a shuffle kind of like hobbly walk thing. And tears were coming down my face. And side note, it was so cold that I had to wipe them off my face quickly, not only because I didn't want anyone to see me cry, but also because they were actually freezing to my face. That day, I seriously considered taking a cab home. I didn't but I seriously 
seriously considered it. I decided that I would do it under my own power. And the strategy I deployed was, oh, walk 500 yards, stop, stretch, breathe, try not to cry, repeat. It took forever to get back, but I did it. At this point, there was probably about a month away from my race, and I had no idea how I was going to make it through the whole damn thing. Just keep going, I thought. So fast forward to race day, January in Arizona. My friend Chris that I used to work with at Sobe came down from California to meet me for the race. And he was going to chase me around the course for moral support. I'll spare you the entire race summary, but I'll tell you a few things that stick out for me as memories from that race. Number one, the sheer number of people. I hated having to jockey for position in the starting corral, and I was terrified the whole time that I was somehow going to get run over. Two, The entertainment every mile was definitely helpful for me, especially since this was my first race and I didn't have an iPod or any music or anything. And not only that, I didn't know anyone there. I was there totally by myself, save for Chris. Number three, Chris did an amazing job chasing me around the course. And since we didn't have a chance to talk it over ahead of time, I had no idea where he was going to pop up. It was kind of like, where's Waldo? I remember one time he scared the living daylights out of me by jumping out from inside a crowd, yelling my name and charging towards me. (laughs) Uh, For how flat the course was. I mean, it was downtown Phoenix, Arizona, but as I neared the finish, we went over two highway kind of overpasses that like in reality only had a slight rise to them, but my tired, weary marathon body made it feel like Mount Everest. So I managed to make it across the finish line. I got my medal and an orange popsicle and immediately headed for the first tiny sliver of shade that I could find because I had spent the last four hours baking in the Arizona sun. That was not part of my East Coast winter training. So that was my very first marathon. I definitely got off topic there for a second, but sometimes I think it's kind of fun to go back in time and remember your first race of any distance. Um, I think it just really serves as a good reminder of how far you've come. And over the last few years, I've done 50Ks, 50 milers, three-day stage races, and I've even done 100 miles. But taking essentially the whole year of 2020 off has really messed with my head. I often find myself thinking, am I still capable of doing this? It definitely feels like I'm starting over from zero, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's going to be a challenge. So what's on my race calendar for this coming year? I've got two races on the books right now, and I'm actively looking for maybe one or two more that I can kind of plug in to the first six or so months of the year. So of the two races that I am signed up for, the first one is the Ghost Train 100. And this is a race I've actually done a couple times before, and I was signed up for it this year, 2020, but it was 
obviously postponed. The first time I did it, I actually tapped out at 75 miles. um, And I'll share that story in a coming episode. Uh, But the following year, I got my revenge and completed 100 miles. If you're not from New Hampshire or you don't know about Ghost Train, this is a really good one. I love this race. It's an out and back course. It's really flat with the exception of this one little incline that can hardly be called a hill. Um, So it's virtually impossible to get lost too because the course is straight like an arrow. Uh, And because it's an out and back course, you can do any multiple of 15 miles. So I would highly recommend this, um, this race, if you're thinking about doing your first ultra and you live kind of in my neck of the woods. The second race, you guys, that I have on the books that I'm signed up for, it's one that I've done before. And to date, it's one of the hardest things I've ever done, like Ever. And after completing this race, I said on more than one occasion that I didn't feel the need to ever do this race again. If you know me, do you have any guesses on this one? I kind of think I should like insert the Jeopardy music here, but I'm sure that's copyrighted. Well, okay, here we go. Little drum roll. I'm going back to Tennessee for the Barkley Fall Classic. Yep, I did it. I signed up and I got in. I listened to too many race reports from people that did the 2020 race and I got nostalgic and jealous. And late one night, I went on to ultra sign up and threw my name into the lottery. Yeah, this one is a lottery. You can't just sign up and be guaranteed entrance. And then a couple days later, I got the infamous email telling me I was in. In the next episode, I'll share more about my first Barkley experience and how I'm going to structure my training for the coming year. Real quick, thanks to everybody that reached out via email last week and shared their stories about how they got into running. I thoroughly enjoyed reading all of them. And this week, I'd love to hear about your favorite ultra race. I shared a little bit about one of mine, Ghost Train, and I definitely want to hear some of yours. You can email me about it, Megan at megan-gould.com that's megan with an h gould g-o-u-l-d or you can post about it on instagram and tag me at find your ultra and of course i want to end each episode with a little mini dance party because trail running ultras and dance parties just go hand in hand in hand so whether you're listening in your car while you're out on a walk run or workout enjoy this beat and i'll see you soon 